0: A total number of 78.2% of the adult population in the country has been fully vaccinated. Result, we were told that herd immunity is not the end goal anymore. So why
1: is this figure to 80% still important and still talked about? Well, Asha, as of midnight Sunday midnight, 78.8% of the adult population have completed their vaccination mm-hmm. and 93.2% have received at least one dose. So we're looking at perhaps beyond 80%. If this uh, 93.2% of the adult population that's dead have received their at least one dose, they'll probably get a second dose, right? So, mm. according to a medical research institute learner, research institute, a vaccinated person acts as a barrier to slow and prevent the virus from continuing to spread. So, the ultimate goal is to get as many people vaccinated as possible so that more people are protected, especially when you have the Delta variant right now, mm. you want to get more people in the population vaccinated. So, I'm no medical expert, but as a member of the public, the more people that are vaccinated, the better. Mm. Right now, About eight out of 10 adult population are vaccinated. Mm. And I think the confidence level uh, would be better if we get nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10 of the adult population vaccinated. Mm. So when you go out, right, you're like, oh, okay, there are 10 people in this room, eight are perhaps uh, probably vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I am more confident if you get the number up to nine or 10. I am more and more
2: And to be honest with you Rizal Because I go to the malls now And I have started Dining in Or dining out Whatever you want to call it right. And I'm Mm -hmm. confident that People who are let in I know that they're checking To see whether They're vaccinated or not It helps a lot With Mm -hmm. confidence as well When you go out
1: It's true Some malls don't even allow uh, People who only got One dose or not uh, People who have not Completed their uh, uh, Vaccination Mm -hmm. uh, To go in Right So so some Mm -hmm. shops I know they stop you If you're not uh, Fully vaccinated So It makes you want to go out Because you know that These places are protected In that sense So so you know that The people that you see Around you in malls Uh, vaccinated.
0: You know, there's more vaccinations happening and the number of COVID cases are on the decline, fingers crossed, right? How likely will more sectors open up, including
1: tourism, to other states, not just Langkawi? Mm. I think it's very likely, right? I mean, Langkawi will be the litmus test as to how to do it right. I believe other states and holiday destinations can learn from Langkawi how to do this right, what SOPs should be in place to make sure people can enjoy their holiday and keep the infection up, rate down. We've seen Uh, people following the SOPs to enjoy this privilege. The faster we get it right, the sooner we could perhaps open more borders. Um, I think it goes back to the question you asked earlier. Why 80%? I think it's important that when we open up the state borders, people can move around with confidence. People can go to holiday destinations with confidence. And the confidence is important as we live in this endemic phase of COVID-19. So the higher Mm. the number of vaccinated adults and population, the better in that sense. The government
0: has agreed to administer COVID-19 vaccine booster shots as part of an effort to increase protection among uh, vulnerable groups against the deadly virus. Priority will be given to high-risk groups such as healthcare frontliners and immunocompromised patients. Rizal, how important are these booster shots today, knowing that we're not yet 100% vaccinated?
1: I think it's important, especially with the spread of the Delta variant. The PM Mm. said that priority will be given to high-risk groups such as healthcare frontliners and immunocompromised uh, patients mm-hmm. other categories include senior citizens with uh, with comorbidities and individuals who work or stay at long-term care facilities and this sh- third shot will be administered once the adult population vaccination rate nationwide has surpassed the 80 percent so we're almost um we're close to 80 percent um and the booster dose, uh, dose uh, will improve immunity levels among high risk groups against COVID nineteen infection, as um, as immunity uh, uh, level could decrease after the second dose. So that was that's what the prime minister said earlier, and I think looking at the the, the smaller group of people that is focusing on for the third shot or for the booster shot. I think uh, we we understand that these are the high risk groups, and they perhaps uh, need a bit more protection because of the spread of the of the uh, Delta variant. Yeah. I'm
2: completely fine if I let's say you open it up to even younger ones, like in the forties, fifties, whatever it is. Right? I have mm. no problem getting a booster shot. In fact, I'm I look forward to it actually because that's what mm. they're doing yeah, in Singapore, anyways.
0: And we we were talking about this, weren't we, about yeah. the fact that it's like like the flu shot mm. every year. You get your shot because you you keep that level of Community up and going right and
1: also when you get the flu shot every year right because they update the the information yes, yes. Of the information of the virus so the, every year you get an updated version of the virus uh, when you get a flu shot so you're protected against the different variant Various, of this yes. uh, flu virus yeah. i always
2: look at it as like your computer if your antivirus isn't updated you need to constantly update it right if you're not yes. Your computer is vulnerable, basically. That's your Mm -hmm. body as well.
1: Yeah. Mm. And and we don't know how how long this is going to last, right? So it's best to protect these vulnerables uh, or the group of vulnerable people so that we can move forward and live as... Normal as possible as yes. uh, during this uh, uh, endemic, mm. right?
0: One holiday maker was found to be COVID-19 positive among more than 2,500 who were screened on Sunday before entering Langkawi Island. Uh, screened through the Langkawi Tourism
1: Bubble Pilot Project. Mm. That's a mouthful. <laughs> um, so, what are the current SOPS when traveling to Langkawi? So, travelers must be uh, to Langkawi must be fully vaccinated and screened for COVID-19 before they can set foot on the island. So, we know that one positive case was given a 10-day quarantine home surveillance order. If you're tested positive, you can't board the plane or the ferry to Langkawi. Oh, it's not when you
2: get there. That means even before you get get on the plane.
1: Before, before. Right, okay, okay. It's at the airport. So you Mm. have to get tested before you board the uh, plane or the ferry to Langkawi. Mm. If you're found Mm. to be positive, you're not allowed on the plane at all. Mm. Now, this project was started on the 16th of September. Uh, It's good to
0: see that numbers are controlled. But... How come there aren't any SOPs To test those returning
1: from Langkawi In case they've picked up the virus Whilst being there And then
2: to spread it, right?
1: I mean, you can do it yourself There's nothing stopping you So we have one blanket SOP Mm. uh, In place to enable people To travel to Langkawi, right? But if you want extra Or to do the extra To ensure the safety of your families And friends here And colleagues You can take that extra effort And get yourself tested And the government has reduced The price of these self-test kits And you can do it yourself uh, And give yourself that Peace of mind before you go back to the office. So I think I think you've got one you have one SOP, the rest is up to you to take the extra measures to to ensure that you are safe when you meet with your families and friends after returning from Langkawi
2: And to be fair, and no number of infection is a good number. Because anytime anybody's infected, it's mm. it's it's very tragic, I would think, right? But mm-hmm. one in Two thousand five hundred. I would that's say that's a good. pretty good number, wouldn't it? P? Yeah,
1: I think it's a good number, but I think the balance is to see how you can have fun in Langkawi and also follow the SOPs because you know you want to be able to enjoy these holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you open Langkawi now and then you open other destination next, you want to be able to enjoy this holiday, but you also want to make sure that you follow the SOPs and take the extra uh, measures to stop the spread of COVID nineteen. So if you have to do the extra test when you when you get at home, you just do it yourself. I mean, there are some things that need to be told and there are some things that you perhaps have the common sense to do it yourself to ensure that you protect your families and friends.
0: The Education Ministry has clarified that kindergartens in Phase 1 and 2 states will only open for children whose parents are working. All private kindergartens, including those at private international or expatriate schools and mind development centres, would be allowed to operate for children aged 4 to 6. Now, the MOH and even WHO has mentioned that being fully vaccinated doesn't completely
1: devoid you of getting infected. What does this mean for our kids who will be going back to school? I am not a parrot, but I think we must discuss with our family members our kids about this next step. If our family members are comfortable with this, Mm -hmm. then you have that conversation and you send your kids to the uh, kindergartens. Uh, We all have different risk tolerance and appetite and the government has announced the SOPs regarding this. Uh, It's up to us to ensure that we are comfortable with sending our kids to school. I don't have kids, so I can't really comment on that. Mm -hmm. But what do you think, Aisha and JD? I mean, it depends Mm -hmm. on the risk, appetite and tolerance of the the different families out there, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, what I do like is... um unless they've changed it just overnight, you can opt not to send your kids back if you're unsure. And I agree with you, you know, each family has to make their own decision based on what they think is best for for their particular family. And Mm. we all know that you can have a child at home with you from zero to sort of three or four years old and that child be healthy, but the minute they go to playgroup or kindergarten, they start you know that's where the germs start getting not the
2: just covid skulls. though that was a hand foot and mouth no, exactly. as well exactly
0: oh, oh, oh. so that's what i'm saying so so it's going to be kind of that particular scenario but i think that you know if the parents are vaccinated and the parents kind of feel confident and you don't have necessarily elderly with you then again it is each parent's
1: you know decision i guess it's I mean, a choice so yeah, also still isn't teenager, it though and- yeah, and what choice. would make parents A comfortable with sending their kids to school might not be the same with parents B and C because each household has different risk tolerance, risk appetite, yes, yes. and they have different composition. Some might yeah. have uh, their grandparents staying with them. So, mm. but you you have to look at how you balance life versus livelihoods. I, I saw many parents making polarising comments regarding the opening of these kindergartens. The government can't be making many different SOPs to address the uh, worries of all these parents and households. You look at the SOP and if you're comfortable with it, you go ahead and do what you need to do. If you're not comfortable with it, then nobody is forcing you to do that because because I think you also have to know what you're comfortable with as a family and for your kids. Have that conversation with your kids. If they're comfortable, going Going to the kindergartens and not being able to play with their friends and share meals or whatever it is right have that conversation with them
0: a former deputy education minister said he was shocked by a recent poll which found as many as one in two students in malaysian schools experienced some form of discrimination with 74 percent of respondents claiming that teachers are the source of this discrimination um why is this happening from a group of educators who should be looking out
1: for the best interests of our children do you think Asha JD, I really don't know, and it's very t- difficult to discuss this without asking them why they said the things they say mm-hmm. and why they discriminated certain students. I think we have to be in that classroom to really understand and to get the more information about the uh, what uh, w- the things that w- were said. Because I think if you really want to address this, you understand why the teachers say why they say the things that they say. Um, and, uh, right now. Well, we have numbers, 74% of the respondents claiming the teachers are the source of their discrimination, but we don't know what, the things that were said so so it's a bit difficult to, to, yeah. to address
0: it. I mean, to mm. be honest with you, I mean there is a very serious side to this from me as yes. a parent as, you know um, there's a very serious side to this, but also I was a kid at school and I was, I had friends who were kids at school and there mm. were times when it was like, oh that teacher's um, treating you better, you got a B, they don't like me that's why I got a C or D, so you're right in the sense of how this was actually sort of
1: logged. What what, what are we talking about when you talk about supervision? Yeah, yes, but but it's here? not an excuse for the teachers to continue doing what they're yes. doing. But I think we have to understand what is happening in classroom these days. Yeah. I uh, the last time I went to school was about I think perhaps 21 A years, years ago. ago. Yeah, it was yeah, 100 years yeah. ago. And, yeah. and, Maybe things have changed. So I can't pass that judgment. Yeah, I we're hoping re- that
2: things would have evolved. I mean, like on, considering where when Asha went to school back in the eighteenth century, it was a, <laughs> When once, I wrote sorry. on stone tablets. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But I mean I think I think that what you know we all agree, I think, that, you know, mm. we've got this information, it's been revealed. How can this information be used to improve the education system is the
1: question. Well, I think this is my personal opinion that the teachers need to be identified and, and retrained so that they can teach better a classroom is supposed to be a a safe zone for students of all Mm. different backgrounds and creed and to to get the uh, knowledge that they can without discrimination or bias against them right so if you if you're not making classroom safe for the students what hope do we have for them to learn and to get the knowledge that they can in a safe environment? Because a school is supposed to be a safe environment. If you're not creating that, where else can they learn? So so it's it's and the ramifications on that
0: is they don't then create safe spaces externally when they come out into the world. Because Yeah, when 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 they become
1: adults, then you ask, Mm. oh why why are you behaving like this? Why are you behaving like this? When you create that foundation in Mm. classrooms or certain people will be favoured because of their backgrounds or creed, and s- some will be discriminated because they don't look like you. So these things, it's been ingrained in your head as, as young as schooling age. So mm-hmm. there's, there's no way to change that. It, that. It's there's very no
2: dangerous. That. I mean, especially if you start this kind of mindset in school, it, it just... Rises exponentially to how how you behave outside of school Mm. once you finish.
0: The Human Resources Minister mentioned that the Ministry was still in negotiations with the Indonesian Republic to finalise a Memorandum of Understanding on the Recruitment of Indonesian Domestic Helpers, which expired back in 2016. What are some of the issues that led to this five-year-long wait to
1: finalise the MOU? The MOU ended in twenty. 2016 and it has not been renewed ever since the MOU, uh, revision of the MOU and re-looking at the uh, terms and conditions of the MOU is being done. Uh, Right now, this is following a series of deaths of Indonesian domestic workers, which caused Jakarta to relook at the terms and conditions Mm -hmm. attached to um, the sending of its nationals to Malaysia. The MOU that governed this, uh, as I said earlier, ended in 2016. And since then, both parties have been in continuous discussions to finalise this. And in 2020, because of COVID-19, I think both the Indonesian domestic workers and also um, foreign workers coming into this country... Have been uh, put on hold because of COVID nineteen. So we're still, uh, I guess, the governments uh, of both countries and with other countries are still negotiating the terms and conditions as to how they can send their foreign their nationals to Malaysia um, as foreign workers. Because, I mean, for the you know the affluent, or not just the affluent, but for quite a few, uh, you know, having
0: a foreign domestic semi-affluent, worker is, yeah. Yeah, it might be, you know, especially important with various business sectors opening up and, mm. you know, some requiring them for childcare, you know, myself included, you know, how likely would the administration reconsider the December 31st block? Well, I
1: think uh, not. <laughs> it's not up to the Malaysian government per se. Both parties, Malaysian and Indonesian mm. uh, governments, have to agree to the new MOU. And and uh, according to the Human Resources Minister, Dr. Sri M. Saravanan, he reminded employers that there's no entry of foreign workers into the country including foreign maids or including foreign domestic workers from source countries since the uh, implementation of the movement control order uh, Mm -hmm. on March uh, 18 2020 due to COVID-19 and subsequently the government has decided that there will be no entry of both categories of foreign workers until December 31st 2021. So I think it's highly unlikely that we'll see uh, the um, that they continue or they restart these foreign workers coming to Malaysia, but I believe perhaps after 2021, when we have higher percentage of the population vaccinated, when we understand the terms and conditions and how we treat these people better, only after that we get you know foreign workers uh, coming to our country. Again. Which is what they're it's negotiating right
2: now, again right now. Yes, yes, right. yes.
1: Because I think if you follow the cases from 2010 to 2018, there were many incidents of foreign workers. I mean, not many, but there were several key incidents mm-hmm. of um, uh, uh, domestic foreign workers who died after they were abused by their employers right, and, right, and those exactly, are yeah. just okay. the tip of the I- that's the tip of the iceberg the extreme there's a lot more that goes yeah, on and we right, don't know so the foreign yeah. workers who are not paid properly by their employers who yeah. are uh, taken advantage some were of even the almost
2: border, borderline slave uh, slavery yes yeah. without yeah, yeah, being
1: allowed yeah. off I mean, I mean, mean you I can't would like do to s- this to other people other human beings right yeah. I mean, mm. it's just not on so yeah, yeah.